can have all the exploration driven learning upstairs studio podcast with our new app just search your app store um, apple android kindle we don't care what you use search the app store for exploration driven learning download the app give it a try welcome to renegade rules kick back settle in and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information wisdom and advice and now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome back to Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson. On the line with me is Heather Shoemaker. we got a great topic for you today. We're going to be talking about death. Um, okay, it's a little bit serious, but um, it's an important topic. Where do you want to start with it, Heather? Well, yeah, last episode we were diving into global news disasters. So, so this <laughs> is, is this a lighter topic than last time? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Well, let, let's start with chickens, because I know you like chickens. I love so chickens. <laughs> we, um, my, when my son was in kindergarten, he, you know, they have certain things they have to cover, and I guess this was part of the, the biology or the science part of the curriculum, but they were studying the life cycle of chickens, and they had to write a little book, and they started with an egg, and then the egg hatches, and then it's a chick, and then it's an, you know, an adult chicken, and then said the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, life cycle, that's a circle, and we have to have... <laughs> I mean, they didn't even get to the laying of the eggs and then <laughs> let alone death. But I just thought, hmm, there's something big missing here. We do birth. We're really happy about births, and, but we don't do death very well. And it just was um, telling to me that this is a topic adults like to skip, so... Those are my favorite topics to talk about, the ones no one wants to talk about. I, I get in Australia, I visited a bunch of programs, and a number of them had free-range chickens on their, in their outdoor play spaces. Um, and I loved it. Kids, uh, kids hanging out with the chickens, and, and they had setups where, where the chickens could be out if they wanted, but they could get back into their, their private cozy place if it got to be um, overwhelming for them. And, and at one of the programs, they'd recently recently lost a, a chicken. She, uh, she'd had a long, prosperous life at the program, and, and old age for, for chickens happened, and, and she passed away, and, and they went through a grieving process, and and had lots of discussions about it, and um, I think I think it's important for for us to talk about. Um, and in a lot of the early learning programs I have contact with, death can be something that gets shut down when it comes up in in children's play. Yeah, it can, and and um, in families it can be terrifying. Usually, the kid will ask you. Mommy, are you going to die? <laughs> or, Daddy, are you going to die? Or, am I going to die at some inopportune moment? <laughs> and, and you think, oh, my gosh, why do we have to talk about this right now? Um, or, why are we even talking? Why do we need to talk about this? Because <laughs> as adults, we're not comfortable with mortality. Um, so we like to dodge that, too. We, we don't even think about end-of-life times um, or... or or a death of anything. So it's something that we <laughs> we need to focus on. And I think just like any other major topic, whether it's sex ed or anything else like that, we need to start young 
and we need to start as calmly as we can and just present it. I think we have the ability to make death a little bit less terrifying um, or have these kids not avoid it so much. It's, it's introduced from the beginning and as part of it's a life cycle. You know, so that chicken, it's born, it lives, and it, and it dies. It's, everybody has a turn to be alive, and right now it's our turn to be alive. And the wonderful thing about being alive is that you're growing and living and changing. Um, but because we're growing and living and changing, we do come to an end of that, and that's that's what we call death. And everybody does it, everybody who's ever been alive and everybody who will ever be alive. So it's not something to be scared of. It's something that happens, and it's part of it's It's the same as birth. It's just the opposite. I, I, um, I, I, I love the idea of the responding as, as calmly as, as possible um, and I think I think that's a, that's a real good tip a lot of times no matter whether the topic is death or, or anything else a lot of times what we as adults can do to make things easier for the children is to just kind of turn the volume down turn the turn the burner under us down on these topics and and maybe take a lo- couple long cleansing breaths before we respond and just and just get get calmer because uh, the the last response when you when you walk into your ple- uh, your preschool pl- uh, playground and find out that one of the chickens is, is dead is yelling at you at the top of your lungs oh my god the chicken is dead what oh oh and 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 inflaming everything it's just kind of calm and focused and centered and uh, and thoughtful huh well, ideally, we don't always <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, ideally. always react that way. I mean, death can be traumatic. Maybe it wasn't a chicken that had a good long life. Maybe it was one that was attacked by a, a fox. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be um, – life isn't always calm. No. But I do think the discussion of death can – it's most helpful when it's calm. There's great books um, um, uh, about this topic. And it can help just to, to ex- read those picture books together the way you might read a book about um, how babies are born. Just read a book about how we have life cycles and they die. Now, because every adult will have different ideas about um, spiritual matters after death, I think that the type of book that you, the type of picture book you choose to read to your child, you should preview it ahead of time. Some of them are beautifully done where they will explain the transformation of a soul, and it's done in a way that a child can appreciate. But if your family is not at all religious or doesn't um, believe in that but still wants to talk about something else, there's so many secular books. So it's individual, and I think most um, parents want to convey their their beliefs and values um, or present them at least to a child. So look at what's out there. Um, there's a book, I think it's called Life, Life Cycles, no, Lifelines, The Beautiful Way to Explain Death to Children. That's a picture book that I like. It's, it's not religious or non-religious, and it starts with animals and plants and things. Mm-hmm. And it works its way up to humans. And I think that's comforting because it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's all living things. Humans aren't unique in having to live and die, that anything that's alive. And so a flower has a very short life cycle, and, um, or a mosquito has a very short life cycle. And for us to realize that, hey, you know, we do have to die. We, have, we die a little faster than most trees, uh-huh. but we're way above many of the other plants and animals <laughs> in the world. Um, 
you know, way, we're way above most of the other plants and animals in the world. So that that kind of makes people feel good. Oh, good! I get I don't get to live forever, but I get a pretty decently long lifespan. <laughs> Longer than a fruit fly. <laughs> Longer yeah. than a fruit fly. Yeah, that, exactly. That, Put things into perspective. That is, that is comforting. Um, yeah, I I think it's, it's not. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think it's really important also that we use we use words like death when we're talking about these things. Uh, I remember, and I've, I've talked about it in the, on the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast I do with Lisa Murphy, um, I remember when I'm fi- I was five years old and uh, my, my grandfather had had another um, heart attack and there was about a week where my, my parents were gone a lot at the hospital um, visiting him and and helping out my grandmother and these kind of things and and one night they come home and they they told me that uh you know i'm like well how, how's grandpa and i and and i'm i'm told that that he's not hurting anymore is <laughs> is the language that i got and i'm like hey great i will be able to go i'll be able to go up to the hospital <laughs> and see him and and then we'll be over to we'll be going over to their house for dinner next sunday afternoon and and my my, my whole mind is in the hey life's back to normal uh, mode and then two or three days later, I'm at a funeral and he's in a wooden box and and um, a little bit a little bit traumatizing for five year old Jeff. Uh, so I, I think being it's it's hard, but using the real language is is really important. We just need to practice birth, death, birth, <laughs> death. They're two words. They're legitimate words. They just to explain it. Um, there's a lot of euphemisms. Um, passed away, kids don't get. Um, 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 he's uh, talking about someone who's dying as being sick. Can be terrifying because kids get sick. They mm-hmm. grow up. They have fever, and then they think they're, they're dying. They, then they think they might die. Yeah, being sick. So it's important. I mean, you can say, um, you can say, she's in her dying process, or she's dying. She's in the middle of dying. It might take a year. It might take a long time. It might take a short time. But it's part of life. I mean, it's hard for people to say, um, my mother is dying. Yeah. And to admit that to ourselves, it's easier to practice saying it on, say, a neighbor. <laughs> um, but when you get to a loved one of your own, it's very hard to say those words. Yeah, and we, um, we live in a world where we are – we. We live in a world full of violent video games and television shows and movie movies, and there's there's all kinds of death happening in in the media we consume. Except in our personal daily lives, most of us are are very far removed from 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 death. Back when we were, were hunter gatherers, or even most of most of civilization living on farms, death was kind of a a, 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 a common common occurrence that we we saw on a regular basis, and now we we just most of us just don't, and that's I think that's part of the reason it's well, so hard to process. Well, that's why I think gerbils gerbils and goldfish are great <laughs> because well you need a pet with a short lifespan. Absolutely, I, I mean, many benefits of pets, but um, you know most people think how cute they are and how you get to feed them and play with them, um, but especially the the shorter lifespan pets very important for a child to um, a pet a big learning part is, is for the child to experience the death of that pet they will remember that and that really starts to clue them in to what death is um, and and to understand about grief and to be able to grieve and survive and to know that people will take care of you when you're grieving and it's okay to grieve practice grieving on a gerbil so that you can cope 
with the grieving for a grandparent. I mean, it. I absolutely know, but I was thinking about fruit flies again. You don't want to start with a fruit fly, a pet fruit fly, because that life cycle is too short and you don't have a chance to build the attachment. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the gerbil is, is exactly the right, the, exactly the right life expectancy for this. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> I think I find it, I find it, um, I find it a very smart idea and also hilarious, which kind of pulls back the uh, the veil on me a little bit but no yeah. that's that's that, that that whole process it, it's it's good because and and hopefully the gerbil dies before grandma does in 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 the optimal uh situation so you've got the chance to practice huh right yeah I, you know it's ideal that way if we can work on <laughs> go from fruit fly to gerbil and move our way up but um that doesn't always work that way in the real life Let's say the family dog died. Mm -hmm. This is very common. A, a couple will have a pet, a cat or a dog, that's been there before they have kids, and then the kids show up. And often the pet is sort of older by that time. And so the, the, the family dog, let's say, may die when the child's quite young. And the parents have had this member of the family for a long time. What a lot of adults will do is hide their sadness. So we that confuses kids. You know, if somebody that you've loved, somebody in this case being a pet, dies, it's it's natural to show sadness. Um, so let the kids see you cry. Don't try to be the tough guy. Yeah. And um, you know, we talked about your your um, putting your pet yeah, down. Yeah, Hershey and, the Chocolate Lab. Yeah. So many people feel that they shouldn't show that. So just to remind people, go ahead and show your sadness. And the kids will develop great empathy, and they may not be as sad as you are, but they will notice your sadness, and, and it's good for them. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, doing that is often hard because most of us live in a culture where showing those emotions isn't, isn't, isn't something we, we do on a regular basis, and getting comfortable with, with being sad around children when you're sad is is a, a challenging thing for many of us and very beneficial when you when you do it well we were going through the whole Hershey the chocolate lab is is dying Hershey the chocolate lab is going to going to be helped to die Hershey the chocolate lab is dead that whole process was was painful to me and and grandbaby came along on the ride and and that was a good thing um now you may be sad again now I was Dog. Uh, Jack no. is okay to be sad. Well, even long time afterwards. I know, I but, but now we we're doing a pod. We're doing a podcast, and there's people listening to me be sad right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's another topic. To um, is that it's still me, me, me from the child's point of view. So if we're getting back to, um, you know, are you going to die, mom or dad? Um, they want to know the practicalities. Who's going to take care of me? It, yeah. it, it, it slips them out. Well, you know, who's going to pour my breakfast cereal? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Practical stuff. Um, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to um, feed me? Who's going to, um, whose house am I going to live in? Is someone going to move into this house? Just everything. Because they are very dependent. And they, even young children recognize this fact. They know they need these big people to help them with nearly everything. Um, so who's going to take care of me? Recognize they will be sad, the fact that you would be dead, but they're mostly thinking about themselves. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and don't take it personally. Just 
know that this is where they are right now, and, and they're trying to figure out their survival, and, and the world is centering around them. So often these conversations are healthy and, and helpful. If you talk about, well, if I die and the other parent dies, or whoever it is that are the main caregivers, this is what's going to happen. Um, you're going to have um, guardians that will take care of you. You're, you're going to go live with Aunt Who's It, or you're going to, you know, and the cousins on that side, or this is what's going to happen. Um, so knowing there's a plan, I, it sounds morbid to some people, but kids are curious and uh -huh. they feel safer if they have the answers. A lot of kids really want to know the action plan. Some kids even want to go to what phone number do I call if you drop dead in the kitchen? You know, they're, yeah. they're not 911. They're talking about when you're actually dead. Uh -huh. And they want to know who would they call to tell somebody and what action should they take. It, this can be very comforting to people. So, And they might need to play this out, people well, dropping yeah. dead among their stuffed animals. A answering so the, answering those questions actually, actually uh, becomes a, a life preserver in these situations where you're kind of emotionally drowning and so having those conversations right. is 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 helping keep them afloat in those situations i remember being about five and i had peppered my parents with these questions and i found out that i was going to either live with one aunt and uncle and set of cousins in massachusetts um or if that fell through with another aunt and uncle and cousins in jamaica and so i was i'd visited both their houses and i was um, kind of imagining myself being a kid in their family and what that would be like and having those little daydreams of sorting it out. And after I'd done that kind of play for a while, I felt very relaxed because uh -huh. I, I knew that's what would happen, and, I, and then I moved on to other things. Yeah. Um, some kids may be stuck on – here's the other thing we need to remember is that around age four or five, that's when kids are really – understanding the idea that they will die someday uh -huh. <laughs> and you know we've known that all our lives we think but it has to come at some point you're not born instantly knowing that so around three four five kids actually realize that they're going to die someday and this is big news talk about big news this is huge it's all about me and that the me might die is a huge thing so there's a lot of very natural and healthy death play that happens in games and in the children's thoughts. Um, so it's not unnatural, it's not morbid, it's just a healthy processing of life. And and so any tips for supporting that kind of play when it does happen? I mean, first we want to not make it taboo, we want to allow it to happen. Um, any Anything else she, we should uh, pay attention to when it comes to support, I mean, allowing and supporting that kind of play? Yeah, I think not shutting it down is big. Not worrying yourself as an adult that, oh, this is unhealthy or they shouldn't do this. Yeah. Um, and it may come in many forms. I mean, the toys may all die um, repeatedly or the child may lie down on the floor and practice being dead. I mm -hmm. mean, they even I came across uh, my son. He was all in dress-up clothes and he had a bouquet of flowers in his hand and he was lying very still on his bed, you know, and he looked dead and he was playing dead. He was seeing what it's like. So, you know, trying not to be shocked and, and thinking something's wrong with your child. Um, it's more for the adult just to feel like this is okay, this is comfortable, and realizing this is a topic the child's interested in, so uh -huh. it's time to go to the library and get some books out about life cycle 
a life cycle book that does not skip the end of the life cycle. <laughs> the end of the life cycle, yeah. Um, I, in, in our program, the, the, the play uh, norm that developed over the years was when you were dead, you had to stick your tongue out. Otherwise, you might just ah. be sleeping. And so, so that's the way they knew somebody was being dead when they played because somebody yeah, they like had a to comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Or, or and like, another thing, like roadkill. Yeah, <laughs> little X's on the eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing you can do is if you pass a dead earthworm or a dead baby bird on the sidewalk or something. You don't have to go in and buy a gerbil habit trail and, or you know, set up an aquarium. If you don't want to have a pet in your house, go find dead animals around in the world and don't just pull your child in the opposite direction when you find one. But if you see roadkill squirrel, you know, talk about it or point it out. Or it doesn't. You, some people go out of their way to avoid that. So yeah. It's okay to poke at a dead earthworm um, um, you know, you can use a stick, you can, the kids can use their ha hands if you're comfortable with that and wash them afterwards, but it's having experience with something that's dead is, is, is healthy. Yeah, yeah, when, when we'd be out on uh, adventure walks with the kids, there was always the, uh, can I poke it with a stick moment that would come up, and, and it's, yeah. it's kind of gruesome seeming, but there, there's great value in that. Right. And then they can ask questions and say, you know, will it move again? Will it will it hop again? Will it, you know, if it's a bird, will it fly again? Um, does it still need to eat? Does it still poop? I mean, all the basic yeah. questions come out. When I'm dead, or maybe it's going to crawl out of my eyes, which is when I had uh, was asked when uh, when somebody found a, a dead bird with uh, oh, it's pretty cool. pretty maggoty. Um, <laughs> Well, you could always say, depends if you're going to be cremated or not. <laughs> I, I, I got to admit. You I, can go there, right? No, I, I, I wimped out. I said, ask your mom. Um, <laughs> I, sh I, I, I just, um, yeah, that's what well, I so did. So let's just address that a moment. Okay. Because let's say people will, y you can dodge a question. If you're taking care of a child that is not your own and, and they start saying things like, well, this dead bird is going to go to heaven and, and, you know, see God and um, see Grandpa and whatever. Um, and somebody else in the group says, well, no, that's not true. You just go in the ground and rot. So they're all saying the things from their family culture, and they may be totally opposite. Yeah. And they're coming out in the group discussion, don't worry about it. Let them say whatever they say. And... Um, and you can, as the adult, you can say things like, well, you know, many people think that. Or um, nobody really knows what happens afterwards because we haven't done it yet. <laughs> but you can kind of leave the door open and you don't worry mm -hmm. if they're all contradicting each other. Um, because people have very different family beliefs and the kids are, kids are hearing a variety of, of information on this topic and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, good discussion. Anything we should toss in here before we wrap it up? Any any closing thoughts? Long life and good health. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got me thinking too. When uh, after after Hershey the Chocolate Lab died, uh, grandbaby, she had this real serious look on her on her face one day, and she said she said, "Papa, when you die, do I get to have all your tools?" And ah. <laughs> so she 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 was being real real practical about that. So uh, so uh, I guess she uh, she gets to inherit my shop because I I I, I guess she, d she she didn't want it in writing yet, but I guess she gets everything because she asked for it first. So uh, the new grandbaby that's on the way is going to have to have to find somebody else to to inherit tools from. Uh, hey, this has been Renegade Rules. Uh, 
join us again soon for another another fun topic like uh, death, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> Renegade rules, having the conversations you might not want to. <laughs> should, should that be our, our, new, our new tagline? Yes, talking about what no one else wants to talk about. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think it was a good conversation. I think we covered a lot of good stuff, and we'll be back soon with another one. And again, hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Heather and I really appreciate it, uh, and uh, it's it's it, it means a lot to us to to see the the that you're downloading and listening and enjoying and and learning and and sharing the show. So thank you for that. We'll be back soon. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.